This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar. It's Tuesday at around 445, so that means, uh, as it does also on Thursdays, it's time to look at a grab bag of stories from around the world of sports and Typically, we'll talk about, uh, well, what's supplied as far as, you know, what the majority of the headlines are. But this time of year, always a lot of NFL and college football, and that's usually where the bread will be buttered. And uh, typically on Tuesdays, uh, that means some ratings talk. And I will preface this as I always do, especially given our conversation earlier. Uh, this is just simply to, to kind of marvel at the audiences that we're getting in college football TV ratings-wise, not necessarily to dunk on another conference or to, uh, you know, make fun of somebody who doesn't get a million plus, but really just kind of take a look at just what were the most watched games each week. And uh, you did mention this earlier, but uh, there was a tweet from uh, ESPN Research uh, that brought up that excluding rivalry week, and that's a key right there out of the gates, called our excluding rivalry week, uh, Saturday the most watched regular season college football Saturday ever nearly 12 billion total minutes consumed across all networks so uh, chalk that up to whatever you want to there was obviously a lot of you know big juicy games this weekend but yeah outside of rivalry the most watched regular season saturday in college football history across all networks and taking a look at what some of those games featured any guesses as to who the top ratings draw was in week number four? Oh, oh gosh. say that again what was the question who was the top ratings draw in week number four? It had to be Colorado, Oregon. I mean, it was Colorado and Oregon. Ten plus million viewers. Did you watch it? Did I watch yeah, it? No. no, I was. Uh, you were in the middle of a game. Yeah, I was. No, we we. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, we yeah. were here. It was going on when we were doing the pregame show, and then by the time we got done with the pregame show, it was not really worth watching anymore. Yes, well, ten point zero three million. Uh, not easily the most watched game. Barely the most watched game by about half a million, so barely. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, not a huge lead by any means. But in that 3.30 Saturday window on ABC, Colorado, Oregon, despite the blowout, 10-plus million viewers and peaked at one point at 12.6 million. That had to be early in the game, right, when that peaked, I would think, is probably sometime in, like, the second quarter maybe. Uh, But regardless, most watched game of 2023. Thus far, also most watched Pac-12 games since 2006. Damn. To uh, understand the power and the ratings draw uh, that the Dion and the Buffs are, as of right now, according to Sports Media Watch, Colorado has played and they've played in four games, and they have played in four of the top seven most watched games this season. So there you go with that brand power. Uh, you had 9.3 for the double overtime versus Colorado State, 8.7 for the Nebraska game, and 7.26 for the TCU game. So they've gone 7.2, 8.73, 9.3, and now 10 million viewers for this latest outing against uh, the Oregon Ducks in, in what was obviously a big-time Oregon win. And just uh, only serves the reason that this week will probably be another pretty monster number when they take on USC. So, yeah, just uh, that juggernaut continues on, but not far behind Ohio State, Notre Dame, 9.98 million viewers tuned into that primetime game on NBC. FSU Clemson, third most watched game of the weekend. That was a noon kickoff on ABC preceding Colorado and Oregon. That pulled in 6.8. 
seven million viewers. The Knowles and the Tigers. Ole Miss, Alabama, 4.6 million. And then there was a, a drop-off of about 2 million people past those four games. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the top four games from Ole Miss, Bama at over 4.5 to Colorado, Oregon at 10-plus, uh, those were the top games uh, of the weekend. Iowa, Penn State uh, rounded out the top five as it went from the Ole Miss, Bama number down about 2 million to 2.75. Uh, they're in the top you know eight or so. Texas and Baylor, uh, 2.63 million. I feel like Texas has got like an automatic 2 million almost every time that they suit him up. But uh, okay, that think game, about that 2.6 million in a game that was blowout city by never, the second quarter. Yeah. Never competitive outside of the first quarter. And even that is debatable. Uh, just it was low scoring at that point in time. But yeah, still pulled in 2.63 million. Uh, let's see LSU, Arkansas, AM, Auburn, Oklahoma, Cincy. Uh, all pulled over two. Oklahoma Cincy, 2.17 million. So uh, a good number there. Um, but you see the way that stacks up. Um, you know, a lot of SEC in that top 10, they're the most watched for a reason. And uh, that's uh, evident in these rankings. But yeah, a lot of others from eight, you know, the ACC and FSU Clemson to the Big Ten with Ohio State and Notre Dame to even the pack with USC and Arizona State. And obviously Colorado and Oregon all in that mix uh, as well. So. Um, just fascinating to see how much of a draw uh, they have become. But, um, yeah, some rare air there for Colorado, and uh, we'll see what happens this week with uh, USC. And uh, another TV note, uh, Paul, did you still watch Showtime? This is actually a story I haven't been able to get I, to for about a week or two now at this point, or I, winning I, time, excuse me. Winning, winning time, time, the rise of the I, Lakers dynasty on HBO. Um, no, I did not. I'm going to. But I'm very disappointed that I did not, although I don't think I would have made the difference. But now I feel like part of people who are – I was going to – was doing the thing where I was going to wait for the season to be over and then binge it. And I really liked the first season. I heard the second season was even better. And, uh, yeah, I know where you're going. Yep. Uh, well, you have plenty of time to watch it now because there will be no new episodes. It was canceled a couple of weeks back, and I intended to get to that but got so busy with other stories. But after two seasons, uh, the – uh, drama series uh, that's a retelling of the 80s Showtime Lakers uh, came to a close. It had gotten renewed pretty quickly after its original debut, uh, but I guess the audience uh, just isn't there at this point. And so what uh, happened, I guess, in their final episode a couple Sundays back was the finale of the entire series. And apparently that was one where the Boston Celtics won the NBA yeah. championship at the end. So the Showtime Lakers series on HBO ends abruptly after season two and ends with the Boston freaking Celtics beating them for the NBA title at the very end. So not how I think how you drew it up, but I thought I, I thought that maybe you checked that out early on and didn't know yeah. if you had stuck I, with that or not. I Yeah, I did, and I really liked it. And then, you know, got, got caught up in the wash of other things. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I like this. Amanda, I was surprised. She liked it, and then she kind of, like, she wanted more basketball than drama, which – is is different than than most women would I I would think in that kind of scenario. So she was like, yeah, well, I'm kind of out on this, and so I just became one of the things that was my show. Yeah, and so she liked the first couple, but then it got too, I guess, in the weeds for her with the non basketball stuff. So I uh, I'm, I'm interested. I can't I can't wait to watch it, and I'm bummed that it's it's not coming back. Yeah, I never got into it. I never really watched much of it. I am very hit or miss on dramatic sports retellings. You know, like mm. there's some that are amazing, and I love um, as factual or not as they may be in some cases, but this one never really reeled me in. I know Jeff Perlman was one of the writers on the uh, 
the show. He um, wrote the book that they yeah, wrote the book that it was based off of, but was also uh, a part of the show writing as well. And so I think, um, yeah, he had he had sent out a message as well. But that happened a couple weeks ago. I just want to circle back around to that because I could not remember if uh, you were still tuning in or not. But apparently, season three was going to focus on Lakers Celtics. But as I said, instead the Celtics go out on top. So a nice little uh, dunk there at the end for fans of. Uh, of the Boston and Los Angeles series last night, uh, had a couple of games on Monday night football and guess, just get your scattered thoughts. Uh, Paul in particular, I don't know if, if you watched or not, mm-hmm. but, uh, Eagles 25 uh, yeah. Buccaneers 11 and what was not a very entertaining game. Uh, the Eagles just super dominant. Their defensive line is absolutely filthy, ridiculous. And, uh, they had little to no trouble with Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers, um, but 25-11 to 11 the final there. And then the Bengals take down the L.A. Rams 19-16, despite the fact that Joe Burrow is clearly not uh, healthy right now, at least uh, you know mobility-wise. Um, since he still gets a win, 19-16 as they wore their white Tiger uniforms. And so a uh, pair of results there from Monday Night Football last night. Yeah, I, I the, the Bucks are interesting in that if they play somebody that's like in the middle or whatever, they're going to keep it interesting. But the Eagles are so far beyond them roster wise and probably far beyond most of the NFC roster wise that they're going to win a lot of games like that. The picking up DeAndre Swift was just another stroke of genius for Howie Roseman. He fits that system. It so takes some well. of the pressure on Jalen Hurts, although they had the running game last year. But yeah, it's a, he's a weapon they, now. They have yeah. four guys that are all pretty good, and they, you know, they could run. They could run the wing T honestly with the the, the personnel they have and be fine. And then that's not to mention they have the two excellent wide receivers and a great tight end too in Philly and, and the best offensive line in the league. So is that all? Yeah, that's just so good. Um, I I there was a gutty win by the Bengals the Rams they're still like they're better than they were a year ago and Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and all that's a great story at Kyron Williams all that's going on but they're still missing something it's probably maybe up front they're not as good but they're still missing something that that takes them away from being the Rams I think that maybe if they got like a big playmaker that would be good but I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, Puka Nakua got some uh, nice spotlight again. Mm-hmm. They especially spotlighted me standing over on the sidelines at one point. They were just talking about what's his attitude and how refreshing it is and how he's always smiling, how he's just thankful for the opportunity and all that. And he was just sitting there just looking like the happiest guy in the world standing on the sidelines. So it's uh, cool to see all the attention that he is getting right now. Um, but, yeah, did have the doubleheader once again on Monday Night Football. And um, – I don't. I, there's something that keeps bothering me. I hate the Rams uniforms. I feel like they're incomplete. I feel like there was like they got halfway finished or something, and they didn't finish off the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I just do not like those uniforms whatsoever. And I was just reminded of that uh, last night. A very minor note, uh, but this is somewhat Big Twelve related and not quite Puka Nakua related, but BYU. Uh, we all know the situation with the Jets. Zach Wilson now the starting quarterback once again as Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the very first game. Um, just a few plays into his tenure, and so Wilson takes back over, but he's not been that much better than what we saw uh, originally, and so the Jets are signing Trevor Simeon to their practice squad, I guess just trying to bolster some depth Hmm. in in some form or fashion, and just in case something were to happen, uh, I guess, to to Wilson, just providing more depth there. But, um, yeah, it's not going well for the Jets post that Aaron Rodgers signing. That was as much of a gut punch right out of the gates as I could possibly imagine uh, just with all of the hype of the offseason. So uh, Trevor Simeon now a practice squad signee for, uh, as I mentioned, the New York Jets. And uh wanted to circle back around. We talked about Terrell Bernard had a big game for the Jeez. Buffalo Bills on Sunday. The former Baylor linebacker finished with seven tackles 
Five of them solo, two sacks, one fumble recovery, a pass breakup, and an interception. That's all in a one game of action. So pretty big-time performance from Terrell Bernard. But also news that Jalen Petrie is expected to return this week Good. to the Houston Texans. Good for him. Uh, he's missed the last couple of games with a bruised lung, and uh, that occurred in week number one. So he's been out since then, and he is apparently making his way back after a little time in the hospital and a little bit of recovery from what sounds like a very painful injury, a bruise long. Uh, so he'll be back, and maybe Bernard can keep up his pace and Petrie can return to where he was. And then you have a couple guys who obviously did a lot of damage and a lot of good here that can now go do that on the next level potentially, uh, which would be great for them and also uh, for that program just down the street as well to have a couple of those guys to showcase. So uh, there you go. Petrie's coming back, and there's a few things off the radar. All right, you uh, want to touch in on baseball's final week while we're here? Uh, sure, if you want to. Paul? I mean, I didn't, I thought the season was over when the Rangers Red Sox were eliminated. But. beat the Mariners three straight over the weekend and allowed gonna, them to jump over. There's a magic number, but I was going to wait till Thursday no, 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 when no, no, that no, got no. closer to actually being something no, real. You can't because otherwise that's like counting on their bullpen. Well, that's why I was going to wait till Thursday when it's actually like well, maybe I'm actually just, happening. What I'm just saying is yeah. that the AL West is crazy, but the Mariners have slipped. Right. Uh, the Jays are fine, but they need to win. The Astros need to win, and they did last night. The Rangers need to win, and they've now won a nice chunk in a row. But, man, if you slip, you're going to miss the playoffs because the wild card is led by, what, Tampa Bay and then Toronto's in the mix with Houston and or Texas. It is crazy. And i, I got to bring this up in the NFL, and then we go to Chris Level the next segment. The Dolphins scored 70 mm-hmm. in an NFL game. And earlier today, I think it was uh, Dennis Haiti. When will... College football embraced the Dolphins' offense. <laughs> I think it's the NFL's embracing some of college football's oh, no, offense. That's what this is. That's nuts. You have uh, Mostert, who had a huge game. Devin A-Chain, or now he wants to be A-Chan. A-Chan. Uh, as the, the running back, the former A&M stud, who was a great player in college. I mean, they broke college. They broke the NFL. Uh, or they, no, they didn't. They broke who they play. Who they play? The they, Broncos. The Broncos. Which on in on Sunday, yeah, and they should have set the NFL record, but for whatever reason, decided to not do that. I mean, and you already I, run it up. I mean, so. yeah, but dude, you were yeah, you I needed know, a, so. like yeah. what was three, it three points? They need a field goal, yeah, yeah they you needed need a, a field, field goal. goal. Break the dadgum record. When are you gonna ever? I mean, they. I know it'll be well. They'll do that again, but it's like, yeah, Adrian Peterson didn't win the Heisman. Is fresh. Oh, he'll be back. Yep. Yeah. No, he never was. So yeah, break that dadgum record. I mean, at that point, what what is three more points and that whooping for the Broncos that? Oh, now you've crossed the line. Now you've set the record on us. Before, it was just beating us by 50. Now, now those three points, though, that, that, was, that was not Uncalled good sportsmanship. For, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think it's very strange that they didn't. Mike McDaniels, is, uh, he's very strange, though. Yes, he's, he is. He's different. Yeah. I, I, I'm very entertained by him as a coach. I think yeah. he's a brilliant coach. And uh, if you want to talk about fuel, he's a kid who grew up in Aurora, Colorado. He is... Lifelong Broncos fan. He's from the Shanahan tree, obviously. I know That's you're going he with this. Then, yeah. He no, this did is... not even get a get a phone call back when he expressed interest in that job when it's been opened. And I think that had a ton to do with it, uh, with them uh, getting, you know, because he could have called off the dogs even further. You know, when it was at halftime he could have called off and just ran the same play over and over and over again uh and 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 said let's get this to the end but keep to keep going to 70 was certainly a message he was sending too yeah i just think he should have finished the job and gone ahead and set the record but they set franchise records most points scored 70 most touchdowns 10 
total yards, 726. Oh, the seventy game. 70 points, the most in the league since 1966. Third most all-time in NFL history. 726 yards, second most in NFL history, the most since 1951. I mean, and the, and the records just go on and on and on and on. But, yeah, that was a an absolute beatdown and an embarrassing result for Broncos fans, what's up, Deontay? Haven't shouted you out in a while, but I saw him on Twitter in absolute oh, yeah. agony over uh, that result. But, yeah, that was that was something else. And I wanted to circle back. Uh, this is the tweet I saw about the Rangers. Magic number is four. Oh, God. Um, to eliminate the Astros. <laughs> to eliminate the Mariners, it is two. Um, but, yeah, they can clinch as soon as Wednesday night uh, if they were to win the next two and the Astros were to lose the next two. So that's the soonest that that could happen. The magic number of four uh, would be Wednesday night. But, you know, got to take care of business there. And if they don't win the West, isn't there a chance they don't make the playoffs because of what Toronto and Tampa are doing? Yeah, you got to try to win the West. No, so that's what can, I'm yeah, saying. That's absolutely. Yeah, by there's the way, a the last time I remember an NFL team scoring 70, the Chicago Bears in the 19... 19- 40 NFL championship game beat Washington 73 to nothing. That was the last time when I saw that score pop up 46, 53, six, whatever it was. I was like, my God, it's been a while. Yeah. But by, by the way, the, the Rays are, are, they're in, they're in. So they, they have to worry about Toronto staying hot and the Astros and Mariners. Yep. And, and they're I, two and a half up on Houston. Yeah. And Craig mentioned the magic number. Yeah, the magic number's four with the Astros, two for the Mariners, I believe. And uh, we'll revisit that on Thursday because we should have some more clarity at, at that point. God, I and, hope so. and maybe they're maybe they're already locked in at that point. Maybe they do get that magic number of four in the next couple of days. But yeah, that's where we stand right now. And, and everybody's gonna lose to the Braves anyway. Yeah, that's that's probably true. This has been a Rogue Media Network 